Hello, congregation. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. This is Jay here. Just wanted to shout out a couple quick things. Um, reminder, we have started our Patreon campaign, so see the link in the uh, show notes here if you want to contribute. We would love it. Um, also, make sure to follow us on social media. We have a Facebook and a Twitter so far. Links are below. And um, make sure you shoot Jed an obnoxious email. He loves those. You'll find our email address below, too. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Welcome Church. You're supposed to say and. You're supposed to say and. Church. You're such a weird. Church. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. You. My name's Jay. That was a mockingbird scenario. Ma. Mock. Yeah. You fucked it all up, dude. You can't do this at all. (laughs) (sighs) Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. I'm Jay. You really butchered that. You butchered You and you alone. Uh, First things first, I'm going to give some shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to our fans on the interwebs, our Facebook fans. I got Gretchen Selleck, Mark Lane, Keenan Kofke, which is my favorite name, spelled with two Ks. Keenan Kofke. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Trenton Warsham and Chris Ross II. I kind of wish I was a second. I wish I was like the third. You are. You're the, the third Esquire. You're the second on this podcast. Yeah. You take that. Though. You <laughs> take, take it. Back. I, I can. I can speak only truth. Everybody knows it. They're all. They're all saying it behind your back. <laughs> Speaking of. So we got an. We got an email though too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't say if I could read it or not. Um. It is from my good buddy Matthew Whittle, uh, and I guess it was commenting on um, when I said about the Book of Ezra not having. Yeah, I just burped on air. I'm sick, also congregation. So just deal with it. I'm sorry. I'm still doing my job. Deal with it. I'm human. I'm not a machine. Pull it. Pull it together. I'm trying. Pull it together. Get it together. Jay. I'm trying. Um, have you? He Matthew Matthew Whittle wrote. Have you heard? Have you read the entire book of Ezra? Question mark. Most of it was taken out of the Bible by the Jesuits, I'm guessing. Anyway, God himself explains what happens when you die before his return and the end of days. It's real interesting. I can send you a link if you're interested. Also, there's an ancient book that was found called The Lost Book of the Giants. I don't know if that shit's real. It is. I've read it. It dates back to be 4,000 years old. No, hold on. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. It dates back to be 4,000 years old, and the giants reference Enoch. And in the book of Enoch, there's a story of the giants asking Enoch to plead with the Lord on their behalf to not destroy them. Then God brought the flood. Anyways, love you guys, and I support you. <laughs> I'm going to say this. P.S. I'm, ri- I'm, ri- you too, uh, P.S. I'm writing this email as I sit on the toilet pooping. So, <laughs> I support that. I do too, that's, man. That's, that's productivity. That is, that is productivity. Hey yo, 
Uh, no, dude, the Book of Giants is legit. It's fragmented. It's not complete. How do you know that it's legit? That's what I'm by, saying. By, like, by, you... by dating standards and, like, historians are, like, archaeologically speaking. That's like saying, speaking, that's like it's, it's 2,000 years from now, somebody's saying, oh, it was on Facebook, so it must have been real. Uh, no, it's it's more than that. As yes, far as it's... No, it is. Don't... It was part of the... Uh, no, it wasn't part of the Dead Sea. Where did some... I'd have to look it up. Anyway... It's so this got us talking about Nephilim and the earth being flat and what percentage. Uh, do you want me to tell you what the book of giants is about? Do you even want a synopsis? Yeah, give me a quick, uh, like, I'm uh, 20, maybe 20 seconds. So, angels came down and mated with women, produced the giants, the Nephilim, correct? <laughs> or that's you know what I'm speaking of. The book yeah. of giants is supposedly written by the giants and in it one of the giants oh, that's actually super interesting. it is and one with the it's eerie because one of the giants starts having dreams that the world's about to be flooded so he goes to enoch and says will you please go talk to god for us and try to avoid uh, this and right and then in enoch the story goes that he went to god and pleaded with him and god said tell you what I'll let the spirits remain, or uh, a quarter of the spirits remain, and that's where demons came from. The but you believe that the Nephilim survived that? Uh, it just says, and, and they were there afterward. That's all it says. So yes, they did in the Bible, and they're mentioned again in the Bible. So a remnant did survive, and they say it's probably from Ham's wife. Mm, it was one of the gotcha. it was one of the wives. So that's the Illuminati and Jay-Z and all that stuff. Jay-Z is, wishes he was in the Illuminati. So I don't know, Doug. Jay, what percentage... Everything what, he does touches, like, turns to gold. What percentage chance do you think the Earth is flat? Zero. Oh. And before... Oh, dude, here comes the... This... All right. <laughs> here comes the, like... All right, zero percent. I am point zero zero one. It's possible. You said way at first. Let's te, let's rewind this tape because you've said way more than point zero zero one. No, I said I said point zero zero one. Well, yeah, because by, anyway, let's continue. And my argument, what was my argument to you? My argument was, you said it's impossible. To which I replied, Have you ever been to space? And I said no, of course. And then what did I say? Have you ever been to Seattle? And I said and no. Said, and I said, then how do you know that Seattle? And I like said, I don't know argument. it exists. For all I know, Seattle is China geologically. Like I've never been there. What if I've already? I, I'm just. This is a fun argument. I don't really think that. But uh, like I've always said, I don't believe in Europe. Like I don't know. How do I know it's not Nebraska or something? You know, like I just uh, get in this metal I don't believe tube. In, I don't believe in Europe. Like morally, like I don't believe in Germany's Europe. cool. Germany is dope actually yeah exactly we're big Europe supporters here all my friends in Europe what up I take it back <laughs> I take it back no okay and my point zero zero one percent only because if I'm like taking a bitter a, a bitter literus a biblical literus standpoint that's the only reason there's even a shred that it's possible in my mind yeah at the same time here's and the I love thing, conspiracies the pe- it would you it, just love for hit yes you also you, it would be the you also largest bigfoot well that's like way possible you have to admit that's way possible they find <laughs> no, they not. find yes it fucking is are you kidding me 
Listeners, no, congregation, if anyone has any Bigfoot stories, email me, tw- tweet me. I'll get you on here like in a second. I will veto it, sir. No, actually, I would like to talk to you. Talk yeah, to you I'll too. interview you by myself. Fuck Jay. And we'll just have a nice <laughs> little talk with no naysaying. No, dude, but from a biological, like, yes, that's possible. Are you kidding me? It's possible there is a gigantopithecus still alive somewhere. Not it's an also intelligent. That all science is bullshit. Like anything's possible. Yes, I suppose, that, like, that's what. That's my sense, thing. I'm anything not, is possible. But here's the thing. I swear to God, it's I'm not retarded. Not like probable. Yeah, probably not. It's certainly not even close to probable. There's this huge species of no. I would apes, say it's probable. Ape men that are running through. It's not the forest. Not ape men. Just well, actually, here's what I think. Truly, I think they probably died out. Like. I don't know. There may be like four left in the world or something, but I'm sure they died out like 4,000 years ago. And like the uh, the okay. legend is just being passed down through people. Like Native American legend? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the Wendigo. Skinwalkers. You ever heard of any of those? And actually, the North American Native Americans have a, Nephil- a giant... Um, like, you know those giant uh, burial mounds they have across North America? Those mm-hmm. giant mounds, mm-hmm. the oldest structures? Uh, in the West, um, those are supposedly giant burial mounds. So my question is, how often do you watch the show Ancient Aliens? Fuck that show. Aliens, bro. Is it? Wait, hold on. This is my, <laughs> this, this is my Ancient Aliens things. Is it possible that extraterrestrial origins is where life came from? Is it possible that it is extraterrestrials? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Giorgio Sakamakamapolis. I for real like thought that would be right up your alley. No, dude, they're retarded. How is that? I mean, how is that? It, it's, how is that? I like what like, they say, but they come to the wrong conclusions and, and a lot of stuff. They just completely throw out their credibility. Dude, if you like, this is, I'm trying to condense this into 10 minutes and it's impossible. I can come up with an intelligent case for, like, I'm, I've gotten into a, Egypt lately, do you know they think the Sphinx might be 34,000 years old? The Sphinx? There's evidence of water erosion? Yeah. But, uh, so if you're a biblical literist, though, then the Earth is not 34,000 years old. No. Genesis is not literal. It's a poem. No, none of the ancient Hebrews took it literally. So so you're not a flat earther? No. Not, not like... You just like to say that to piss me off. Kind of. And it's a fun thing to think about. And, well, the main thing I like is, and when flat earthers, what they're talking about, because I'll also, I'll play devil's advocate and I'll research both sides. It's not that the earth is flat. It's a, uh, almost like a teardrop or like a drop of water. So it's like, it's ridged on the edges, then it goes down and then it goes up in the center. What? Yeah. (laughs) And Antarctica is a giant ice wall. Think like uh, Game of Thrones. Like a giant, what? giant, yeah. And the reason that gets perpetuated is because no one is allowed to go past a certain point in Antarctica. Like, it's a it's a, a world neutral zone. There's a, called the Antarctic Treaty. And everyone's like, well, what's, what are they hiding? Probably nothing. It's fucking worthless. Nothing. It's ice. Yeah, it's ice. Yeah. But. Moonland. So, real quick, real quick. I'm going to roll through some. Yeah, yeah, go for moon it. Land, moon landing. Uh, happened not when we say it did. JFK. Uh, 
probably the Secret Service. Bigfoot. Yes. Aliens. No. Not even close. <laughs> why no? Oh, I'm coming back to that one. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like why not? I don't know. No. Uh, I don't understand why not. Um, Joel Osteen is actually a lizard person. Probable. Very probable. Very probable. It sounds probable. Yeah, dude. Let's too. let's start that Very one. Sure. Hashtag Osteen lizard. <laughs> Him and Oprah. That's awesome. What else you got? Well. You know who else believes in the Nephilim? And I can't wait. To, I, our good friend, Joey Svensson. You don't know how much of me wanted to like hijack this interview and just be like, so let's talk about Nephilim. What you got? I'm sure he'd love to come back. I know. he. Well, I want to get uh, Jared on too. Yeah, we're, we're our good buddy, Joseph Svensson from Pastor With No Answers, Bad Christian, and the author of Fundamentalist. What you got? He's coming on. He's Come coming on. on. He is. He's coming on right now. Right now, actually. He's so calling excited. in. Let's, let's get to that. Woo. So we're here with Mr. Joseph Svensson. That's me. Joey, say hello. What's up? Hello uh, to all of my church and other drugs uh, friends. The, How are you? It's the congregation is what we affectionately call oh, them. Brethren, the- sheep, flock, <laughs> <laughs> greetings. So, all right. So I got to say... Um, Joey is from the Bad Christian Podcast, uh, Pastor with No Answers, and the author of Fundamentalist, Stories of a Men- Mentally Ill, Obsessive Compulsive Legalistic Youth Group Kid Turned Pastor. And I got to tell this story. So yes. about two years ago, I was telling Jay um, about this podcast called Bad Christian. He was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Got him into it. He was like, oh, Pastor would know. Are you, no you kind of mocking him just now? Just curious. No. Are you kind of mocking He's him? A, no, okay, I'm 100%. It's a, it's a constant state of mocking him. Uh, yes. Okay. It's yes. a constant oh, state of mocking him. You were like, oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and so fast forward a year. He was like, oh, yeah, so guess who I'm having lunch with? Joey from Bad <laughs> Christian. And I was like, you snaky motherfucker. This is how you treat me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then he oh, was like, oh, and then guess what? Guess who I'm starting a church with? Joey Svensson. Guess who's my best friend? Joey Svensson. <laughs> Leaving me. And, and then you got me over here desperately sending emails, trying to get responses. Just look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I think I, uh, I, I think I, how far, how far back do you guys go? High school. Nice. It's great. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Middle school. I'm yeah, middle yeah, school. A long yeah. time. You can tell who you can tell who the relationship is a little more important to. Ooh. Mister, I nailed it right on the first time. Eighth grade in your well, high school. I, I I know. I did more, my you break my heart. I did more drugs. The memory is a little shot, man. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, we started doing dope together back back yeah. in middle school. Yep. Wow. 
yeah. we, we so got we in trouble all that and um ended up i ended up getting sober before jed but now we're you know we're doing this thing together and all that so and he who been who interesting. got who got the other into the drugs or was it just kind of like it a was a preacher's effort? kid actually that got us all into it okay gotcha. he was on episode yeah. three actually our good buddy andrew okay. started the whole crowd yeah. off is he clean That's or right. is he like, oh man, y'all need to get back into this? No, no. Well, he's he's just living a normal life. He didn't. Uh, I guess he doesn't have the uh, the ism, the alcoholism like we do. So he's able uh, to able to yeah. rein it back in. Gotcha, gotcha. And yep, then, uh, yep. so so tell us a little bit about the book. I mean, what? Why did you write it? How yep. all that stuff? Well, I started to like just jot down reflections on my childhood middle school high school early marriage and college and all of that and i was like man i actually was pretty warped in my thinking i knew it was bad but now putting it all together like Mm -hmm. golly this is crazy and so then it started to turn into i mean you know it, it sounds maybe a bit arrogant but if anything it's humiliating i thought man, this stuff is so bizarre, people would probably be interested in reading it. And one thing that we've always been about with Bad Christian is being super open and transparent and not hiding, and that has to be a good thing. And so I was like, you know, I need to write all this stuff down, maybe even put it in book form. And I remember the first person that I got, kind of their feedback on just whether or not this could be like a book project was Matt. And he said, dude, this is so good. He's like, it really sounds like I'm reading like crazy thoughts from a real life, crazy person, <laughs> a real life, crazy person. Oh, he's, just well, like, the, even, he's like, even how you're saying things and just, you know, So we got we got someone else involved, like someone who actually knew how to write a book and Matt Johnson. Yeah. And part part of the purpose was, you know, there there's some dualism here. Part of the purpose is that I think it can be of help to people. And that's that's definitely proven true. A lot of people saying, man. I didn't understand what my wife was going through or man, I've been struggling for years and I feel less alone, but I also give people permission to read it just for entertainment, you know, because oh, yeah. right. everything it's from, right. Everything from obsessing over sending a girl to hell because I didn't challenge her on her faith of once saved, always saved on our first date. And then I ditched her for a year and then sent her a letter in the mail because I felt like her blood was on my hands all the way to worrying about my penis never growing because yeah. I masturbated too early. I mean, yeah, it's we, just one story after another. I, and, and I know this has become the super infamous and I'm, it's been told many times on your podcast, but give a, give the congregation the brief version of the penis story. Yeah. Well, let's stand for God's word. Yeah. First and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, here, here's the deal is it's as simple as when you are, gosh, I mean, so if, if you ride a roller coaster for the first time when you're five years old, you're like, oh my gosh, that was the most unbelievable thing ever. It was probably the highest thing I've ever been on and risking my life and all that stuff. If you go back to that same roller coaster, when you're 20, you're like, gosh, I remember this thing being like perfect example is skee ball. 
going to Chuck E. Cheese, it was showbiz when I was young. But when I went at, as a, you know, five-year-old, I'm like, man, the lane is like really long. Where going back into the hall, <laughs> I was like, were these, were these things this short? Oh my gosh, it was just crazy. So the same thing with your dad's penis for those of you that, <laughs> for those of you that, that grew up taking a shower with your dad at a, at a young age, it was like a, a wonder of the world because here you are with this <laughs> tiny little organ between your legs that's, you know, the size a little bigger than an earthworm and your dad's working with, you know, a, a, a giant water moccasin speak for yourself oh my god i had i had to ask pops if having three legs was normal okay whatever dude (laughs) so here i you know then all of a sudden shower time with your old man gets cut off pretty abruptly and so you've got this image in your head of like my dad had this humongous and and it it just sticks out in your head is like so big so then you're thinking there's got to be something that's going to drastically happen with me all along, you are growing. It's just a very slow process. But you're thinking, you know, it's so incremental. You're like, I don't think there's much change. So, I mean, this sounds horrible. This sounds so embarrassing. But I almost thought that there was going to be such a drastic stage one to stage two with my penis. That it would be almost on par of like a girl having a first period. Like I thought I would wake up in the morning and yeah. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you, what happened?" You, you and you you shed you shed your baby one on the floor and there's this <laughs> totally. So so when that didn't happen and I started to to get into adulthood and you know, uh 18, 19, mid 20s, well mid 20s I was married and so I had worked through a lot. I had shown my dad the thing and and all of that. But I started to think, okay, did I screw myself up somehow because of masturbating at like a super early age? Because I remember, and, and this this may be time for some of your audience to go earmuffs because it's really gross and too much information. But I remember the first time I did that for me, and maybe this is with everybody, there's like very little uh, yeah. ejaculation, very little. And so I was thought maybe the body wasn't ready for that. And I tricked my little guy down there into thinking that growth time was over and we're all good. <laughs> we're functioning as an adult now, so no need to grow. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing though, is the mental illness comes into play because I, I, I had physicals with a doctor and the doctor didn't say, man, there's something bad wrong down there. You know, as, as college guys, we, we joked around and, you know, we were, we went on a little tour before the band Emory was born for those of you that are into that style of music. And, uh, you know, we'd do goofy things and walk out with no clothes on. And there wasn't anything that was strikingly bizarre, but it was, it was seriously something in my head that I could not get over. And I just, I gave myself any and every excuse to stick with that narrative because it was, it was too scary of a thought to dismiss, I guess you could say. So the, the, the the finale or the climax, no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) the story is that I actually just got desperate when I was engaged to get married. I was just like, man, is my wife going to see me for the first time? And be like, what have I gotten myself into? So I sat down with my dad on the couch, and I was telling him about some of my fears, and then I just with the thing. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. So anyway, I just gave away a whole chapter of the book. Uh, there, <laughs> there's some other good stuff in there, For, but that, it, that's it. Actually, glitched on on our side. He he showed his dad his penis and made sure it was the right size. Yeah, there you go. To which there it was. Go. See, all right, and this is where I when you when you when you brought up um scrupulosity as a specific yep. type of OCD. See, yep. e- everything you're saying um, is very up my alley of mental illness. And I actually, like, I remember, uh, I don't even know if you remember, but I Facebook messaged you, it, like, when I was going through a super hard depressive day, and I was like, right. asked you what medicine you were taking. Right. You should have um, just gone through your buddy, man. He would have, like, gotten you hooked up with, like, a one-on-one with me. But, hey. <laughs> exactly. <time>. He's, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go the, the, the peasant route. <laughs> so my uh I had super southern hellfire legalistic bringing up like yeah. God was punishing and when I was a kid um I would like you know kids like play tag with girls at recess and kiss them and I went home and told my mom yeah I kissed girls today and she goes Jed you can't do that that's bad that's bad right. and so you know what I took from that was, oh, so sex is this dirty, evil, right. evil thing. And then oh. uh, and then the fear of hell on top of that. And really what spurred my they, – they put me on respair. They, I developed this uh, nervous tick where I'd blink my eyes. It was like an anxiety disorder. Yeah. And they misdiagnosed me with Tourette's, so they put me on a heavy antipsychotic when I was 11. Um, and that's what kind of just started me on – on medicine, but what, and that's kind of when I tried drugs that self-medicated me and it especially allowed me to, my first sexual experience was super traumatic because I was young and accidentally I went in my pants. Yeah. Okay. And I like, kind of like your neuroses from all my sex education really had been from like HBO and those guys last for hours. So for years I was thinking, I can never be with a girl because I can't perform for seven hours. I thought that's what sex was, was you have sex for hours and hours and hours. Not to mention I was too guilty. So when I found drugs, I found this thing that would take away the feelings of guilt, and I was able to be with girls, right? Yeah. And then, uh, Good Lord, my wife would be so sick of me after six hours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm oh, sick of it. God. Yeah, that's what I'm. But 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 that's the neuroses, and I, I had no outlet to talk about it because yeah. you know I can't bring that up in church. And then you find out when you grow up that everybody is dealing that with that in church. I grew up in PCA, um, Presbyterian Church of America, but just no one was talking about it, and it was just you know abstinence is the only way. And Too, so you were just like, God, man. I'm well, screwed. Wait, uh, y'all glitched out again uh, on me. I missed that. I, it's funny because uh, you go by Jay on the podcast. Yeah, he, yeah. He's he's laughing his head off, and I'm thinking, did I, did I just offend Jed because he's not laughing at all? Oh, yeah. Did I just step? On, did I just step on his theology or something? No. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. It's fine. That's funny. Oh, that's crazy, man. And that's that stuff plagues you too. And I think it does. part of the reason part of the reason is because 
or, or, or one of the things that feeds into that is, is what you just said. You can't talk to the church about it. You know what I mean? No. And I think that my parents were even brought up, you know, they're not only coming from a church culture that discourages that, but it's their generation as oh, well. Yeah, so it's a absolutely. double whammy for them. I mean, yeah. my parents literally gave me a book and said, read this and ask us any questions if you have them. Oh, that makes them sound like really horrible parents, and they actually weren't. They were mine great. Weren't it either. was like sex thing was tough you'll, for them. You'll man. you'll appreciate this. They had a um a, they, a youth group night, and they separated the guys and the girls, and they brought in. Yeah. A, a, they were having a sex talk with the youth group, and this was one of the most embarrassing moments of Jed's little life. They brought all the dads <laughs> in. I don't know if they do that at your church, but so the dads and and the prepubescent boys are in a room, and they got this guy talking, and he goes now masturbation this and da 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 and about he's just talking about masturbation and about halfway yeah. through i raise my little hand and i say what what's masturbation and just everybody <laughs> dies laughing at me and and someone looks at me and goes it's jacking off and i was like oh, well, well i knew what that was but i just didn't i've never heard it called <laughs> masturbation and so that even re- dude that was so horribly and my dad just had his head in his hands just like son yeah i remember i remember they had they had a similar thing they did not separate everyone because the parents were involved in this one and i remember it was like the biggest revelation ever because i'm in a super legalistic church and every time every time i'd go to town i would feel super condemned and be like man i'm gonna go to hell if i can't figure out how to get over this and stop doing this. And then my youth pastor, who unfortunately, and I love the guy, but was an encourager into that legalistic mindset. Like he, he definitely was not a help in that regard. He talked to us uh, and, and actually said that theologically masturbation in itself is not a sin. And he said that lust is what's always a sin, and typically masturbating is paired with it. But if there was a way of doing that without lusting, and I, dude, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, dad, I mean, do you agree with this? And I'll never forget his answer. He's just like, well, what would I do if something happened to your mom? I mean, do you think I would just never be able to, you know, have that sort of play? And so, my mind was blown, man. It was just absolutely blown. And I, I remember having some guilt-free masturbation session. I was like, yeah, oh my this God. is awesome. I'm That's not a- going to hell after all. But then there there was a youth group night where they did separate the guys and the girls in the same youth pastor. Another time where our mind was blown because this seems just so on the edge for someone who is more legalistic. But he actually had a, a word scramble. And we started <laughs> figuring it out and it they were all slang terms for masturbating like there was beat your knee spank your monkey and we were like you have got to be kidding me this is yeah, unreal so okay this is this is just an interesting aside and i'm going to switch the questioning so we've made it yeah. 13 episodes without talking about sex my mother listens to it and now that i have the pastor oh, on sorry, Jeff, i'm going to have to tell sweet miriam to watch guard her ears. So, Don't tell her I'm the a past, pastor. The past, it's too late. I it's, guess. <laughs> he's him and uh, Anton Levey started a church. Uh, that's the Church of Satan. <laughs> um, Do you so, probably believe it. Yeah. So 
going on the depression side, and this is something yeah. I'm struggling with, so I'll get your take on it. Medicated for life. Is that what you're resigned to? Yeah, I was actually just telling someone, a good friend of mine who, interestingly enough, has ex- he's a Christian and he has experimented on microdosing with mushrooms. Him and I have struggled in many of the same ways. And I told him, I said, look, I not only am I super fearful of getting off of medication because I don't have a good track record of being off medication, but I also feel like unless God really stepped in and made it clear, look, get off medication, I feel like it, it would be a major injustice to my family because I hear you. if what I believe would happen did indeed happen, you've got kids that have a father that's just pretty jacked up. Uh, there's a glaze in his eyes. My oldest daughter start last time I had really bad bouts. She started to notice it and it broke my Mm. wife's heart broke. Mm. She was just like, is dad sad? And, um, you know, my wife doesn't have a partner in life. She just really doesn't. I can go through the motions, but she can see right through it. So my, my thing is I, I will be on medication even if these chemicals I'm putting into my body knocks 10 years off my life. And I think everybody will benefit from that. I mean, it's just like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Live to 80 years old and be depressed the whole time and not be too much fun to be around or live to be 70 and, and be a decent person and father sure. and husband. I don't so particularly want to be 80 I, either. I, yeah, I would be open to, to trying more natural ways it's not like i'm i'm locked in on a certain medication for instance but i'm definitely locked on accepting the fact that counseling is not enough for me it is yeah. very helpful but it's not enough for me i think and, and i guess i've said it before um like step one in the recovery program is admitting you have uh admitting you're powerless and i've yeah. kind of realized that lately i'm having trouble with first stepping my depression because i go back and forth with like do i have this you know right. do I, do, but it's painfully obvious that there is like some 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 hardware issue going yeah. on it's been like that my whole life it runs in my family it's, it's just obvious and it but it's like whenever i get sober i've been sober now for almost three years and um then i'm like well am i am i Am I still chemically dependent? Am I like, what would it be like if I'm not? Is, would, am I missing a whole part of life that God has for me? But, right. But it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what's the, it's a risk reward thing, I guess. And I can tell you, microdosing uh, is out of the question for this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've macro dosed. <laughs> now, now, incredibly- now, now I'll, go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, it's incredibly intriguing to me. And I hear, too, on Pete Holmes, he always talks about, like, CBD oil. And we hear about yeah. microdosing all the time. And for, for people like me, like, I always want to feel better. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. Like, I always want something to make me feel a little bit better or be bigger and faster and stronger or think more uh, clearly or whatever. But I can for tell me, you, yeah, microdosing is if, completely if you, out of the question. If you, took, yeah. if you took ecstasy every day, your depression would go away. I'll tell you that much. So that's the <laughs> one, you know. <laughs> so... So honestly, for you guys, microdosing is out of the question because there would be too much temptation to just take more. Uh, yeah, I got stuff to that, say on that, so you go first if you want. 
Yeah, so that's certainly a temptation, and and we believe, I believe, in a three-part illness, right? That it's physical, uh, mental, and spiritual. And, yeah. and the physical part is, is that once I put anything mind-altering into my body, like one beer, or like take one hit off a joint, or take a microdose, that anything mind-altering triggers something physically in me, and I yeah. can't, I cannot stop myself from ingesting more. Um, and I just have proved that to myself over and over and over and over again. So anything that I think might trigger that, what we call a, a physical allergy, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to stay, stay, steer clear of it. Uh, Cause yeah. like you, and, um, my alcoholism will destroy my entire life. And, yeah. and see, I won't even, and I, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, 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 I won't even necessarily go the triggering the allergy aspect because I've, Hallucinogens are kind of a different story, but I think in this day and age, I think they're spiritually dangerous. This is my personal belief. Uh, yeah. They, I definitely, absolutely feel like you are opening doorways um, to the spiritual realm. You're, someone said it's like uh, when you do things like that, you're lighting a, um, a lighthouse in the spiritual realm, if you will, and it's going to bring good, yeah. and, good and bad, and you're inviting things in. And I think mushrooms and naturally occurring psychedelics are used for, maybe they were back in the day for uh, rituals and like guided yeah. things, but how they're being used today, I think, is more in line with a deceiving thing. And the more you can rely on it's spiritual pornography i've heard it called also yeah. it's the more you can rely on this kind of fake uh walmart brand spirituality the less you need the real stuff and i think also um you know it would have been in the bible somewhere i guess yeah. <laughs> i mean but at the same time i think everyone should do it once that's my personal belief i think everyone should trip once i really do yeah because yeah. it, it just i don't know maybe not everyone Limit. but let me let me ask y'all this. Do you think that as as a y'all are both Christians? I'm yeah. Jed, you're a Christian, yeah. right? I mean, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, do you think that psychedelics or uh, other drugs? You guys are more educated than I am, but do you think they open up a door spiritually that aren't opened without them? That even could cause God to be able to speak clearly. So in other words, is God up there saying they shouldn't mess with this because it's, it's not good to them, but I have made their bodies in a way that these drugs react and there's some passages opened up that otherwise wouldn't be opened up. I mean, is, is, yeah, I, I, there's a church, I think that could be. there's a, a Christian convent in Mexico that grow mushrooms and they take them extremely sacramentally and they read scripture and they're very Jesus centered. So that's interesting to me. I think yes. Yeah. I think yes. I think I mean, there, short answer, a, yes. Yeah, there's a possibility of that. But I can say that in my history, my experience of taking hallucinogens, I've only had really a handful of dark experiences. Yeah. I oh, haven't yeah, had anything some... that was like Oh my God. Me neither. I see the face of God. That's true. Um, but I can tell you that I saw what I thought was the face of Satan on Jed's ceiling one night at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Absolutely. So wow. that's true. It's I'm, scary to me. I, I've, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had extensive 
hallucinogenic episodes and not once have that's i'm just realizing that not once have i ever like seen like the abrahamic god or like jesus right no right. that's yeah. never really been a focus that's yeah. funny yeah no yeah interesting another question i wanted to ask y'all is are you are you so far removed from this that it doesn't bother you because you know just how screwed up your life could be or is there a part of you that's like man it sucks that I have to deny myself of all of it because it sure would be nice to get a little lighthearted with some wine right now. Yes, the absolutely. Second one, for sure. The second one, for yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think for me, it's it's most like I would love to roll a spliff and uh, with my wife and watch Netflix. That's like that a, that's a like marijuana a cigarette. I would. It would be incredible. Uh, yeah. But I but I don't stop there. I know right. for a fact I'd be down the street getting a case of beer or whatever within ten minutes of that. If so. if you if you just smoked a joint with your wife, you would feel like I got to do something else. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Maybe not that yeah. night. And, I, and I've and again I've I've maybe not that night, but I've proven to myself over and over and over again that I can't just smoke weed or yeah. I can't yeah. just drink beer or I can't, you know, whatever the case, fill in the blank. Um, yeah. It's an all or nothing thing. Yeah. Yeah. But. No. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. Hallucin. Yeah. Hallucinogens, I guess are the one that probably, uh, I think like, yeah, it would be fun sometimes, but it's also, it's just a trick and it's not going to be what I think it was or even worse. It'll be better than I think it was. And then I just want to do that every day. And right. And it's just, yeah. you know, I've just kind of burned up my, my ability to, uh, my right to chemical peace of mind. And as yeah. a, a bunch of us say, when we're 85, like then we can, we're allowed to, to get on the heavy if narcotics again. If I'm dying again. of cancer, yeah, if I'm dying <laughs> of cancer at 90, I'm smoking some weed. No, totally. we'll tell, why not? We're going to start a, um, an old people home for ex-alcoholics and just everybody can just party now. Totally, man. Totally. <laughs> is, is, yeah. is there time, is, has there been times when you're tripping that you, you, while you're tripping, you realize, this is not real. Damn it. <laughs> I wish it was. I don't <laughs> think so. I, I know for me, there have been times when I was tripping and I was like, oh my God, I've been tripping for like 18 hours. It's I been like two minutes. Wish this would stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's happened to me before. But yeah. No, no it's because it's not like, it's not like you, you're not like creating like some ambrosia grape eating like heaven Paradise. or something it's just, it's just yeah. like a crazy altered perception it's and it's more just like you want the euphoria to last forever right. um and mm -hmm. that's what that's what i end up chasing is just yeah i want to feel better um yeah totally. so moving away from that we've it's funny we thank bad christian for what y'all have done hey we haven't gotten any pushback really from what we've done uh i guess y'all kind of really did pave the way for the whole yeah. cussing <laughs> yeah. christian thank movement you thank you yeah for we that. took we took all the blows for you everybody. did <laughs> uh <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> and it and it got us thinking there's a bunch of of other podcasts like ours uh none is good uh but no, totally. totally um do you i, I feel like there's a, a christian renaissance kind of kind of happening there's something's yeah. going on. Would you say, you know, like there's some yeah. kind of change. I don't know. Well, he, here's, here's what I think podcasting is doing is, do you think I don't it's, think there's, do you think it's a podcasting specific? 
Well, I, I think podcast is just a way of highlighting what's what's already out there. So that's that's what yeah. I was going to say is I don't think there's necessarily a lot of people changing. I think there's a lot of people that have always felt a certain way in this for a while and podcasting is just kind of giving a voice to more people and it's like whoa there's a lot more people out there like us like when we started bad christian we were just shocked by the number of people that said man we found our people like we thought we thought we were alone we've been in churches and just felt like Mm -hmm. we could never you know click with anyone but there's real people out there that feel the same way so it wasn't like we were doing anything unique it was just there people didn't know there were other people out there like that. Well, and do you feel do you feel any responsibility or do you fear that you're we it's just finding like we naturally inclined to do fear is, not is of finding the Lord, but go ahead. Fear yeah, thank you. Power and love and a sound <laughs> mind. Amen, brother. Uh that you're just creating an echo chamber of people that like hey, we don't like this about this, so let's get together and sign co-sign each other's bullshit. That's what I always worry about. And I, I really think, I guess it's because I'm just still scared of hell, but it's just like I'm so concerned still with being right and afraid of getting it wrong. And is what we're doing a good thing? I guess I'm always questioning yeah. that. I mean, my thing is it's always good to be honest and it's always good to be open with your weaknesses and and like even possibility of being wrong. And, and that that's been the the major flaw in churches is that people are looking at the pastor to have all the right answers and to be the good guy to aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. And then he feels like he's got to hide all of his stuff because if I don't, then I'm going to lead these people astray because they're going to think it's okay. And it's just like, wait a second, that's jacked up. First of all, yeah. that dude is not, he doesn't have all the answers. People don't need to be looking at him only to take the, their cues and you don't need to set them up as this guy because that's why they end up sinning in secret and setting themselves up as untouchables. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a bad system in place. So what we've said many times on, you know, on Bad Christian is, daggum right we say stuff that's wrong, and at mm-hmm. least we're being wrong in front of people. Like It's not yeah. like we're being wrong on purpose. We're just, we're just being just ourselves, being. talking our thoughts out you know, openly, and there are going to be times when we're wrong, and at least we're doing it in a way where we can be called out for it. And I just I don't like the culture that we're in where anything that's publicized needs to be filtered and the T's crossed and their I's dotted and, and you know, grammatically correct, politically correct and all that. I, I love the fact, and, and, and a lot of people don't get it, and that's why we get so, so much flack for certain things on the podcast, but let's process out loud and let's let people process out loud. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-way right. street. The reason why podcasts like this are so enjoyable because it's it's raw and people are just talking, but oh my, oh man, if Jed says something that is offensive or maybe theologically off, all hell is going to break loose. No, give the guy a break. He's talking. And maybe 5 minutes after he said something, he realized, "Oh wow, that didn't come across that well." No, duh. I mean, I sound like a middle schooler. No, duh. <laughs> a duh. But, you know, that's, oh, that's did, just... Did you hear our um, interview with the Elevation Church intern? No, I want to hear that, though. You How'd should. That go? It was good, man. There, that's, yeah, it was good. Yeah. 
they're um it's interesting it's interesting some of the things that and obviously like we weren't there right but the things that we heard um there's some interesting oh yeah things happening at elevation church yeah i, know. I think the I funniest lo- part is i think the funniest part is um we we tagged them in it on on Facebook, on our social media accounts, and they yeah. <laughs> they got right. super passive aggressive and didn't say anything, just untagged themselves really it. quickly oh, yeah. too, very quickly, oh, so, like totally. immediately. Oh yeah. no, they 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 definitely have, in my opinion, systems in place for danger control, like with with oh, things of course. like that, image it, it, image control, and all of that. Oh, and yeah. I, I I know a little too much about that church that's good for me because, like, one of my closest friends his brother worked there and I trust, I trust both of them. And so it's not like it's, it's not just hearing, Hearsay. Oh yeah. Someone said such and such. Like these are real people that I know. And I'm like, yeah. you've got to be kidding. Yeah. Me. Please tell me there's not a, you know, a church like this that operates like this. But then you think of like Mars Hill and yep. you're thinking, man, there's gotta be a lots of churches that operate this way. I yeah, know. And I, it's, that's and and it's then, tragic. And we inter- yeah. we interviewed a, a pastor too who wasn't even a Christian and he church planted, and he didn't even be- like that blew me away. I was yeah. just like, how did one you- of my good friends, man, yeah, and, and one of your good he, friends planted a church without being a Christian. Multiple yep. churches, churches. You have <laughs> yeah. got to be kidding me! No, no dude, got funded no. by Church of Christ. Wow, yep. and you should did he listen do it just to that for an one. Experiment, or he did that for money? No, dude. For I mean, he 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 was well, good at it, quote unquote. I I don't know. Yeah, no. So he did it because he wanted to conquer something, because he wanted right. to feel valued, because he wanted to to accomplish something with his life. I don't know that he even knew that he wasn't a Christian. And two words, two two words, tax break. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, and sure. and and I and I'm very thankful for things like BC Pod because I and that's kind of why we started our little thing for um my friends in in Alcoholics Anonymous that uh are spiritual but not Christian because right. there's so many of my friends that are just so over church and I was talking with my friend uh, Chance who listened to this today and he was like yeah man I mean my last church experience it was great and then uh he started talking about why Caitlyn Jenner was an abomination for 45 minutes. And I just left and I was like, yeah, I would too. Like, I get that. Like, that's why yeah. would you even bring that shit up? <laughs> so, but you know, now, <laughs> like, ugh. and you know, and now he's, you know, listening to casual conversation. It's so, so many times I'll get the look of like, you're a Christian, but you like, yeah, but you, you, you curse and you, right. You know, Right. All right. That's totally funny. There was we we heard there was a bunch of Christian leaders meeting and 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 they were actually talking about opposition that the church is up against and people trying to water down the word. And someone actually said, for example, the Bad Christian Podcast, and you know they're trying to you know basically make being non-gospel centered a cool thing and someone actually spoke up it's and and this guy actually helps us out um you know with on the business side of things and uh consults us and and that sort of thing and he said hey do you guys actually know what you're talking about he's like (laughs) what what y'all what y'all are describing what y'all are describing is actually what these guys 
are against. He, he said, do y'all even listen? He's just like, oh, I didn't even realize all that stuff you're saying. And they literally said, but the cussing and all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that man. Like, they resorted it's, to. <laughs> it's, it's I, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. It's crazy. And, and yeah, and funny. I think that that's why that's why we're all leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so and, and, and there are some churches that do it right, but I feel like that's why people are leaving. Yeah, and yeah, house. Y'all, y'all are freezing up a little bit. Yeah, you froze up a little on me too. It's okay. Oh. Anyway, um, I know how, I know you got to yeah. bounce, Joey. Um, yeah, this, this wanted to say, whole, you know, thanks for coming on, man. Picking up stuff. Yeah. Hey, y'all. one last it bone. To, one last bone to pick. All right, pick it. Who the hell do you think you are not mm. liking Integrity Blues? That's a fine oh. Jimmy Eat World album, my friend. Oh, gotcha. I didn't even know what you were talking about. Is that the one that just It's the came newest out? one, yeah. That was okay. solid. Well, I, I haven't really... I haven't. Wait, did I say something? Yes, you, like you, you said you did not like it. You were not a fan. Are oh. you telling me now you oh. didn't even listen to it? I, I mean, I listened to bits and pieces. Oh! Dude, it's a Are you a big are you a big Clarity fan? Um I'm a Futures fan. Okay, cool, man. Well, this conversation's over. Oh. Like, if you're not a I mean, fan, I'm a Clarity gonna, fan, but Futures is my favorite. On World, and you don't even like Clarity. I like bro? Clarity, but Futures is my favorite, man. <laughs> Whatever. Jim, Jim Adkins is a uh, is coming on next week. What'd you say? I said Jim Adkins is coming on next week, so how do you like them apples? Nice, nice. He, he's not ever. That's but a lie. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> name it, claim it, baby. Osteen told me to name it and claim it. <laughs> there you go. So, you go. um, so well, where, thank you guys, it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, where can people pick up Absolutely. your book and listen to your podcast and all that good stuff? Yeah, they can go to fundamentalistpastor.com. How about that? that How about that? that uh, URL was not taken. That's clutch. <laughs> fundamentalistpastor.com, and then people can go to badchristian.com and go get to all of our stuff so awesome thanks for coming yeah, guys, on joey awesome. we'll, we'll have to on, have man. you back on man yep sounds good we'll see y'all later later bud later dude Yeah, let's do the outro. And I want to We're doing the outro. It's recording. <laughs> good. Dude, that, that was, was really good, man. It was really good. Mom, it's a Miss 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 Payne, Miriam, uh it went a little it went a little sexual. So that's kind of weird, I guess. It's probably weirder <laughs> now that I'm bringing it up. This weird Jay just gave me the look like now it's weird. Listen, it's, it's officially weird. It's you know, I'm just you know, I'm just being honest. It's just natural things, I guess. It's really weird now. Yeah. I'm just gonna you made tell, it. You I'm, made I'm it. I'm just weird. gonna tell her not to listen to this one. Another another Pete Holmes reference. This this yeah. So well, okay. Well, this is a good segue. All right, there's a serious problem. There's a serious problem, in my opinion, going on right now. What's up? The Pornhub becoming good guy Pornhub. <laughs> yeah the, yeah jay tell him tell him so i was so i'm scrolling through facebook 
yesterday there's obviously a huge blizzard in new york like one of our offices is closed down and all you know all that good stuff and um and i'm scrolling through and apparently Pornhub like outfitted all of these uh snow plows in boston and i think in philadelphia and sent out these huge ads saying if you want to get plowed call Pornhub." yeah one and it's for free they're doing it for free yeah it's free they're doing it for free yeah. So, a from a marketing standpoint, genius. Yeah. And B, I thought it was real funny because if because the plow pun. Yeah. Uh, it is you know. like here's here's yes, it is funny. I get it. Ha ha ha. Talking about sex, like funny. Your porn <laughs> site. But like, this is, and maybe I'm in the mind. Well, I'm not in the minority, but this is a problem. If, if like Pornhub is doing real good things, like they started um, a free sex ed website. Um, they're becoming, they're on the way to becoming a Facebook style social media site. They have, you upload other videos, like just movies and like the comment message boards. Yeah. Profile you accounts. Know Cause I read this, uh, fight the uh-huh. f- fight, the new drug.com. Uh-huh. It's an anti-porn site. Uh huh. <clears throat> Seriously. So my problem and why this is scary is there is a big problem when the porn community is doing better than the church like amen brother something no, bad really something hollow. something went wrong there dude like and and I so here's the other thing too though that I think is um hopeful is that I'm hearing like not christian leaders like other people say how destructive porn is oh yeah science is I on that, that train yeah that's I'm true. hearing that around right so yeah I think we're getting it kind of from both sides which is good um, but there's but a, you're right it is scary there's a push it, for normalization getting, yeah yeah porn is getting normalized yeah it's, just, it's a fact and it has been for a long time um, but I think that this this newest push porn I was reading in an article because as like a marketing article or whatever but I was reading in its article the CEO at Pornhub, the, the, the CEO of Pornhub is uh, incredibly sharp, right? So, like, the porn industry isn't just seedy uh, dudes with handlebar mustaches wearing wife beaters and chain smoking Marlboros, right? It's getting to the point where they're hiring real talent. It's a real, it's a multi billion dollar industry. And so, these companies are getting smarter. Um, and I think that we're going to see more of this sort of thing before we see less of it. Well, so. and what I don't get is with this current feminist women's rights movement, how the fuck is porn being side? Like, how, how are they not jumping the hell all over that? Here's the thing is that a lot of uh, feminists believe in a it, woman's it, right to engage in porn, to be a porn star, and we shouldn't slut shame do you know, or shame porn stars. And that's all well and good, but 80-some-odd percent is sex-trafficked on... Yeah. That's an interesting statistic. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I just pulled... Uh, I don't know if it's 80%. I know it's a lot. Like, basically, the rule... The rule a lot. Well, the rule of thumb is if it's non-English-speaking like very uh, high probability yeah. it's sex traffic like anything overseas is a sex slave or sex traffic interesting yeah no that's obviously a problem um and i think that you know we're getting 
we're splitting off into a, a kind of a different conversation, but well, um, what, what, it's so what you, partisan. Yeah. Our country is so partisan that somebody takes a stance just to take a stance against an opposing side, right? Um, so feminists are going to take the pro-porn stance because they're generally left-leaning and the anti-porn folks are generally right-leaning. So um, we're just at this crazy standoff, man. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I suppose. I'm looking up the actual statistics. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. well, looking up stuff is never fun. But uh, so, I don't know, man. It's, yeah, it's fucked up. And I, this is going to be the first generation to see, like, what growing up with video like extreme video porn is going to do to you as an adult. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, a, there we go. There we go. Uh, 49% of worldwide porn. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. in a, two, okay. in, a two, in a 2007 study and 47% of that said they had been harmed by men. That's yeah. That's a decade ago though. So it's hard. So it's for probably me. got, I, I would say it's got, it's worse. a problem. It's a problem. I like any way that you cut it, it's a fucking problem. Um, but yeah, so anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, that's something I do want to have a whole... We can have an episode on that, man. We need to have a porn episode. I don't know. A whole episode on porn? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Congregation, tweet us if you want a whole porn episode. Well, probably not. That that's because nobody wants to get guilted. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. But that's why we should talk about it, man. Whatever, dude. It's not like I'm impervious. You know, you're not impervious. You've, um, got, you've got. Did I already tell you you've got Groucho Marx eyebrows? You like it? You do. You should. You should dress up as Marx uh, for Halloween. I may just. I might just do that. Dude. I'm always at a loss for Halloween costumes. Like I'm never. I never always. Know what oh my! Well, all right. Nobody can steal this idea, but you know. Stolen. <laughs> well, whatever. I'm gonna say it because it's awesome. You know, um, Terry from Reno 911. The, oh, of course. The, the gay prostitute. Okay. Of course. I'm yeah. gonna go as Terry Potter, and it's gonna be. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's I'm, great. That's, isn't that a good that's idea, been, dude? So I'm gonna have great. roller skates that's and go great. around with a wand and be like, "Expecto Patronum." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, my wife really wants me to do it. She's laughing at as the sink. As she should. As she. That's a good should. one. I mean, yeah. congregation, what the hell? If if someone wants to steal that idea and send me a picture, so. I don't have to do the please work do. so I can just yeah, copy or just, you know, if anyone wants to make that for me, uh, I will <laughs> be forever indebted. So I, I, I want to talk about something. Um, I'm going to yeah, maybe bump some people out, but here's the, here's the reality of, of living in recovery, right? Is uh, I woke up yesterday morning and got the news that one of my wife and my um, closest, oldest friends in recovery uh, had gone back out and overdosed and died. And um, I mean, this guy was in our wedding. My wife got sober with him. Their their sobriety dates are like a couple weeks apart. And Oof. Um, how long, lifelong friends, lifelong how, friends. How long had he been out? Just a couple months. He OD'd on heroin. They don't know. They Ugh. don't know what he took. But he was ordering dope on the internet and like Ugh. all that stuff. 
he was supposed to give um, our friend, his name's Taylor. Taylor was supposed to give his best friend, like his hetero life mate, a token or at least be there um, that night. And he and he died. So he he died on Ugh. his best friend's variety date. And oh, so, fuck, man. So, hey, it's incredibly hard, and I don't, I don't want to really dwell too much on it on the on this podcast. I do, um, you know, Jed and I have talked about uh, we're going to do an episode on loss, uh, especially being in recovery. We just see so many people uh, die. Um, I can tell you that this is the closest uh, person to my family that has passed away. Um, and so, but I did want to read. I did want to read some, one thing, and I and I wanted to close this episode out with uh, with kind of a tribute song um, yeah. for Taylor. So I want to read Absolutely. this one thing real fast, and and it's uh, <laughs> he was an incredible dude. Like did, he really did. He write. Did he write this? He wrote this. Oh, he wrote awesome. this like years ago and put it in a suggestion box, right? And so this this other person found it years later. Um, and, and it's kind of made its way around. So <laughs> it, it starts. Wait, it's oh, all, wait, wait, all wait. A, a suggestion box where? Um, I think it was at an AA meeting. Oh, okay. All right. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> this is so great. It's all typed out and it says suggestion really big at the top. And it says, is this your idea of productivity? Where are all the suggestions for this suggestion box? Well, anyway, if anyone ever opens this rusted waste of time and money, you should know that Taylor was an honest man. He was very selfless and iconic. He loved each and every one of you. Although he was a successful womanizer, Taylor deeply cared about women's rights. He loved puppies and tattoos. With an eye for design, he was a badass. Although he wasn't a star-fucking hipster, he liked their music. He had an iron testicle as a result of a bar fight. He gained independence from insecurity only to secure a future. He loved to play the drums because he liked to go fast. Taylor was an optimistic man who loved the smell of fire. He also adored his family and loved each member for different reasons. He loved his guitar because he liked to get loud. Comedy was the main ingredient for Taylor Soup. Of course, there was a cup uh. of romance here, a dash of drama, obviously not too much, and there was a little salt. Monkeys made Taylor smile. His one and only fear was of spiders that could jump and hiss. <laughs> in year 2000, Taylor oh, met up with his lifelong ally and confident Sam, um, or as some 2003 writings referred to him as, as cockroach penis. The combination of <laughs> explosive from the very beginning, it was, like, it was like Batman and Batman. Taylor loved fast. Conformity hides fear. So I say to you, just try to change empty lives can fill again. I don't even that Anyway. That's I just want to say devastating. Um, God. Yeah. Yeah, this well, shit's anyway, real. You know, man. It's so real and, and I don't want to say uh too much else. I just, you know, want to say that um I'm 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 honored that I got to know Taylor and uh, he was incredibly important to my family. And, um, and, and I know that I know that he knew that I loved him and I know that he loved me too. And, um, and we'll miss you, Taylor. Right on. 
Used to hang